When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. And we're back. It took a trade deadline, <laughs> but we're back. It's been about a month and a half, John, and it's been about as bad as it could be. And it's been bouncing back the right way, just about as good as it could. And the trade deadline, shaking it up, kind of making a push, but also setting up for the future. Brad seems to be doing a nice little dance around that. This roster overall balanced much better than last year, but still disjointed in many ways. One of the ways that I know you disliked was no playing time for the youngsters. Well, youngster looks like they created an opportunity for Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith to emerge with a few extra minutes. They take Josh Richardson um, and essentially Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> maybe not in the same deal, but they basically flip those two and get Tice instead of Cantor in that rotation. That's an upgrade at the big man spot for sure. And then obviously we get Derek White, who is an upgrade over Josh Richards, Richardson and a better fit than Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, come right in and, and take over a game and maybe win a couple. But the problem with Schroeder was he, he didn't fit. That wasn't going to happen all the time. And I love the assist numbers and the defense from white. He's just going to, I think that's going to balance things out on this roster immensely. And they get under the cap, which is something that was a bit of a goal. When you know that you're waffling on, are we a contender or a pretender, which they've been doing all season long. Yeah. I, I think they've, I think they really took, um, you know, they, I don't want to say they rolled the dice because I, I don't think there was a really high bar. Um, maybe that draft pick in 2028, uh, that's that, that, uh, that pick, uh, pick swap to, to, to San Antonio was a bit of a, a high risk. Um, I'd say the next highest risk probably was Josh Richardson and, and him being probably the seventh man on this team, uh, maybe a sixth man. And removing him from the situation and instead plugging in a different player in that spot. Um, so there, there was a little bit of risk in that regard, but, but honestly, and Richardson was a big part of what they've been doing recently. Right. 
Yeah, I I, I, I want to say I think that he was really uh, uh, I, I was really lamenting that loss because mm-hmm. as as we got to like late morning uh, before the the trade broke for for White, uh, I was. You know, thinking, oh, well, if they move Richardson, it better be for somebody who's just considerably better. Because it just felt like they played so long trying to find that piece that could play on the wing next to Jalen and Jason, provided a good enough level of defense, but also, you know, make enough shots, right? It was really the three-pointers. It was the spacing of the floor piece. Neesmith wasn't knocking his down. Langford's minutes were not enough. To, to really accomplish that. And Richardson was that, could he resurrect his career in Boston and be that guy? He had just hit that stride. So he, he was, was on the rise. He was also that first time in a, in a you know, it, it had been a year and a half since, since Gordon Hayward left, right? And they had, they'd really not filled that void until Josh Richardson really came on after Christmas. And that, I was like, okay, all right, maybe we've got something here. But you know, I like the gamble. I like the gamble for Derek White. I think, you know, he's smaller than than uh, Richardson. He's uh, this year, certainly not shooting the three ball nearly as well. But in terms of his path and his, you know, his age and all of that, certainly a better fit with, with where Tatum, Brown, and Smart are. Um, and his, you know, his pedigree. I mean, this is a guy who was on Team USA two years ago with Eme and Tatum and Brown and smart. Uh, you know, he's somebody who has, you know, potential. And I think the biggest thing, and that was, you know, that I was really entering this trade deadline looking at is I wanted connector pieces. I wanted yeah. guys who made more out of what Tatum and Brown are. Because 5.6 assists, baby. Bingo. They needed more playmaking on this team. And while I think Richardson was good and hit those shots, Having the, the passing gene tuned up a little bit on this Celtics roster, I think, can be a huge help. And maybe removing Dennis Schroeder from that and inserting Derek White, I think, really can be uh, enough of a, of, of a differential for them. Well, and here's the other thing. The contract has got several years left on it, and it's a value contract as well. So this is a guy that's going to be around as long as they want him to be around as a key piece to build around Tatum and Brown. Like you're not going to get rid of a guy who's giving you, we'll see what he gives us, but pretty close to 15 and six at 15 million. That's and plays awesome defense, like take away the defense and maybe you're questioning it, but a stellar defender with 15 and six at 15 million for what? I think he's got three more years left. Two and a half the rest of this uh, year, two more. I think I think I think two more after. Yeah, two more. Yeah, I two think. after this. So I mean yeah. that's that's a nice stabilizing piece. Um will complement Marcus, I think, pretty well. Uh I love the way the ball movement had been three, going on recently. Three more. Let me let me I'll, it is I'll, three more after this. Directed. Three more. That's what I thought. That. At first I thought, and I was like, wait a second, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So when you look at that, three more years at a value contract hitting his prime at age 27. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have him from, you know, 27 to 30, 31, whatever, depending on when his birthday is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of that prime prime time. And I think, and it's a, definitely a tradable asset in the off season. If you decide that he isn't a good fit, but I see him as being a great fit next to smart 
the ball movement's what's been impressing me as of late with the Celtics. Like after this, mm-hmm. not going anywhere, not doing anything, start of the season. Then you see Brown and Tatum doing a much better job of facility facilitating. Brown had what nine assists the other night, feeding mm-hmm. Rob Williams like mm-hmm. a beast. That was a lot of fun to watch. I think with all of that, you bring in another distributor that'll keep that ball moving. And it'll really steady coming off the bench. And I know we're going to see some increased minutes for Peyton Pritchard, but I guess looking at the way the defense has been, they're pretty happy with the starting lineup, but there's a lot of speculation and I can definitely see the reasons for putting Derek white into the starting lineup and moving Horford to the bench. But I don't think that's really what they have in mind. Do you No, I think (laughs) I don't think long-term that was what I was wondering if we'd get out of this trade deadline. Will we get an answer to what's the future beyond Al Horford? You know, the money and all that, that goes with that. You know, it was unlikely because of the fact we're in the trade deadline. Probably something like that would be a, a summer conversation, a trade, a draft situation. But he, I think they leave Al Horford right where he is. And it's interesting. They like to start the game with the two bigs. But when you look at the rest of the game, it's one big almost the entire time. So, so is Tyson like, insurance then? Well, I, yeah, I think he absolutely is. Like I, first I, big off the bench yeah. and early minutes yeah. insurance down, down the stretch. I mean, cause he's a great team defender. We already knew that about him. Uh, had a spot in the starting lineup. Doesn't now, but, right. but could get a lot of early minutes in games. If Al Horford gets hurt, you're not necessarily getting killed. And Derek white just, at that point, slots into the starting lineup. And that's the future, right? Smart, white, brown, Tatum, Rob. I mean, that's that's probably the next three years of Boston Celtics lineup after Al Horford. Right. And I and Al Horford, you know, not knowing what's going to happen this summer with him because that's that's an oddball type situation. And, and, you know, the funny thing with Tice, you know, so Tice has got three more years, uh, you know, roughly $9 million per year. Um, you know, so you've got, you know, between Tice and, uh, you know, and Rob, you really have about $20 million tied up in your two best centers, right? And if you can find that 3-4, that or you can find that guy who can be your power forward this summer, you know, and move on from Al Horford, well, now, you, now you're in a good position. You got, you got $20 million devoted to those centers. Why and, isn't it Tatum though? I mean, I I know that well, I'm the guy who preached Brown and Tatum at the two and the three. I know who I am, but 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 I also relinquished you know, that maybe two episodes ago, which does yes. take us back. To that was like five months ago, but yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I did relinquish my take on that. So why not? Why not? If you know you've got two very solid defenders that are at six mm-hmm. four, at the one and the two who can both distribute and do a lot of creative things and share responsibilities for bringing the ball up the floor when Al Horford's gone. Mm-hmm. Why not just let Tatum be the four at that point and Brown, the three. I think right now, Al, Jason Tatum is the best power forward on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think it's, a, I think it's kind of silly that we're, we still kind of keep doing this. He's playing most of his, most of his minutes at that position. I mean, it's kind of like Al Horford is a center, right? It's like, Oh, we're not playing in the center, but then you look around at the end of the game and where is he? He's the five at the end of the game. So it's kind of like this, like Kabuki thing. I don't, you know, it's, you know, Aaron Baines was a good player here. Tice was a great player here, but Horford was the center. You know, let's not like, it's kind of weird. I really don't understand why we do this, but 
Um, in any event, it's, you know, Kevin Garnett not being seven foot. I mean, all these little weird quirky deals. But you're right. I, I think he is the guy. I think the issue, though, is they need another wing or swing guy. They need one more guy who, who is of that high caliber, starting caliber, who can who can put the ball on the floor, who can shoot it, and who can defend and rebound a little bit. They so who do you want on the bench guy. in that scenario if you're talking to start? Or are you saying a six man but starting caliber guy? No, I, I'm so that saying they're fully be, six deep. I, yeah, I'm saying this is the starter. I'm saying this is this is summer and beyond. I'm not, you know, there isn't. So you're saying right Derek White is the six man or Smart is the six man? Yeah, I think I oh I, I think Derek White is the six man. I think okay. I think that that I think what Derek White is is Marcus Smart insurance is what he is. Mm. He because that, they might move Marcus or lose Marcus, or because, because Marcus, Marcus could get hurt. Bingo. I think because Marcus can get hurt because Marcus needs to prove that he can continue to play like this. I mean, there is the way that Marcus is playing right now is the perfect complement to what mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown are doing. Shooting the ball, maybe shooting, you know, catch and shoot three a little bit better, but this is this just setting those guys up, letting them work and playing stellar defense. If that's what the Celtics get out of a point guard, I don't, don't, don't put a name to it, but get that out of a point guard, that's all they really need. Okay. Yeah. And that <laughs> Marcus Smart's role in this resurgence is absolutely crucial. And that's why to me, he was not going to be moved today under any circumstance. It's why, you know, Tatum and Brown have played great. I think it's ultimately why Tatum ended up being a starter in the, in the All-Star game. Smart helped to elevate him to that role. I mean, Tatum, Tatum's play, Tatum's, you know, the ability to find off the double and op- find the open guys, that's on him. I'm not trying to diminish Jason Tatum. But the fact that, that Marcus Smart is playing so well right now as a complementary piece to those guys, not taking that shine away, oof. That's what they needed. And, and I think Derek White is just sitting there in the wings where if Marcus gets hurt, if Marcus plays like he did earlier this year where he still wasn't recovered from the calf injury, um, you know, any of the, the hand thing, whatever it is with Marcus, you can plug and play Derek White right into there and you're like, we haven't, we haven't missed a beat. We still have a facilitator, unlike Schroeder. We still have somebody who can hit a three, unlike Schroeder. We still have a playmaker. We still, you know, we can still do those things. And because of his size, you can put Peyton Pritchard next to him and, and be able to still guard, you know, as a 6'4 guard, he can still guard the shooting guard and have Pritchard take the, the, the point guard. So it, it does, it, it opens up that rotation there in the backcourt quite a bit. Yeah, it really does. And all right, so I can I buy into Derek White coming off the bench, but then that really does, as you said, set you up in the off season to try to find another one of those swing wings. And so is that something that you're going to give up more picks? Cause you know, we gave up a pick, we did a pick swap pick protected only one through four. So not much protection really. No. Then, then the pick swap. I mean, if they play really well, that probably, you know, if they become the team that they could be, that probably doesn't matter. That pick swap is nothing. Um, but if I, I guess, are you using Horford's salary to make that move? Does Bradley Beal's injury take that completely out of the equation at this point? I think so. You don't. You really? you still you still say you're going after Bradley Beal? Oh yeah. Oh, this is 
that's, I mean, to me, that was the only reason why the Celtics didn't take a bigger swing today was, mm. was that they're keeping the powder dry for, for Beal, you know? And, and the thing is that with Beal, um, you know, he's going to be able to go where he wants to go. I mean, let, let's look at this James Harden situation, right? And, and I don't, we don't need to get into the depth of it. We can, we can talk about what it means for the East maybe later on. But James Harden said, I want to go there. They still got a good package. It's, it's a like... short drive, dude. That guy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that guy's out of shape as hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he doesn't right. have to far. I can't stand that long in my car. My sciatic is going to act up, you know? Um, he... <laughs> <laughs> he... <laughs> He, uh, he doesn't have hamstring problems, I'm just saying. Um, but, no, I mean, Harden, Harden is, uh, you know, he. this is where we are now. Guys get the money they want to get, and they say, I'm going there and work it out. And there's some theater about it. No, we're not going to do it, but it always ends up happening. Harden said, Philly or Brooklyn? They picked Brooklyn. Now he's saying I want Philly. So, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it just kind of ends up happening. And so there's going to be, I, you know, I, I fully expect he's going to say, I want to sign the deal. They're going to say, no, he's going to say, all right, I want a max. I'm going to Boston. You know, there so is, how do you make, what do you, I mean, you're going to have to give up a lot of picks in that case. Yeah. Is Derek white, the guy that then gets moved or Marcus smart? It, it, I mean, they're going to have to package a player, Horford, oh, yeah. and right. picks. And I, does that even get you salary-wise? Like 15? Yeah, what's Horford make? I thought his takes a big dip. He's 27. Okay. So you can I mean, you can get there with, with using Horford's money and um, – And smarts. Yeah, and smarts money. And, and then – I mean, you don't even need that much, really. No, you, you know, don't. The question is, are you taking back – are you taking back a bad salary? I mean, I think you have to turn value into that. So then the question is, <laughs> I think, okay, here's, this is, this is not, this is more scary. Um, but does that mean that we're looking at is, is, is tight Rob insurance? You know, is Rob the guy you'd have to send out to make that deal deal work? I don't know that Peyton would be cool with that. He's, the only person that he loves more on more than Bradley. So you're talking, Earth, you're talking Rob, Rob and Horford. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, ah. kind of, but I'm just saying value. I'm just trying to understand like in terms of value, like how do you build a package with what the Celtics have? And like, I, I mean, and keep heavy and keep one of those guards and Brown and Tatum and right. Yeah. But, but you got to keep Rob dude. He's so, I, I feel like that. Yeah, you gotta. I, I'd, I'd honest. I'd rather. Nah, I'd rather well, roll the dice with White and Smart. And if we, if we do Brown another and show, and Rob. If we do another show before July, what will you know? <laughs> we'll, it's a good question. We'll see, but but if we do another show, it, you know, sometimes we should talk about the relative value of Bradley Beal and what does that really mean. Um, I don't, we that could that that's a whole show. Really, it's a big itself. ass salary. It is, and you're adding it to get two Superman. salaries. Yeah, I know. That's even what if I'm he saying. doesn't get that, he, he he's gonna get big money. And what value, right? It's kind of like the it's it's a supersized version of the of the Gordon Hayward conversation. We gave him, you know, do you give the guy thirty million dollars 
But how much do you've he got really two be stars? You got two stars in Brown and Tatum. The only reason you make the deal for Beal is if this whole bullpet reported thing with Brown and they decide that they're not a good fit together and they need, you know, they need to separate to be individually successful to have team success. Then, then, then it's a Bradley Beal, like a Brown for Beal kind of thing, which I, I would hate. You, you know, need I would way hate more, that. but you need more. Like you would, I don't think you can do that deal. I don't think you can do Brown for Beal if you're, if you're the Celtics. You right. You I mean? need to get more it's, back. It's too, well, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been so thinking about trying to get the third guy and how to get Beal to be the third guy. Just talking a second about Beal, because I don't, like you said, we could be talking about that the whole night, but Beal is, Beal's having a bad year, right? It's not good. He's hurt. He's shut down. He's done for the year. He hasn't been good this year. Um, but he can facilitate. He obviously can shoot the ball. He can create his own shot. Um, you know, those are all things that this team needs and can use next to Jason Tatum. Um, and I think he is a bit more malleable and a bit better of a fit next to Tatum than Brown is. Um, but I, is it an either or? Can you can you fit all three? You know, I think we just saw in in Brooklyn um, that you know did that work? Did it not work? They only played sixteen games together. I don't know. We can really say anything about what those three talents look like next to each other. Um, I think the bigger issue. At present, and do they really have a Kyrie Irving style personality too? Right. See, that's the other thing with those three is, yeah. I mean, Beal is anti-vaxxer, but that's a different that's a different deal, right? You know, than yeah, but he's not a flake. It's not a flake. No, no, that's flaky flake. Um, So yeah, I, 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 I think that they are. The problem is, is that there's so few opportunities to get a guy of that caliber. You know, and the Celtics maybe don't need to spend spend a dollar fifty on the dollar to get that guy. You know, with Beal, maybe you only have to pay a dollar twenty five. Is that worth it? You know, is it worth it to only have to a little bit overpay rather than stupid overpay? Um, and then you have those three guys, and and then you're you're talented. I think the biggest issue though is it's the connector piece. Like, part of me is almost like. I almost don't want Beal. I think this is probably where you were going. I almost don't want Beal because I want these two guys to kind of figure it out with smaller pieces and, and maybe use that space and let them fill that space with their talents and their abilities. Because that's, ex- Frank- that's exactly, that's exactly Go where I'm it. going. Go I'm thinking, it. no, I'm just going to emphasize that very simple point. That's exactly where I'm going. I'd rather see them upgrade the pieces around those two and make those two the focal point. And, and that's why I say the only reason to go for Beal in the offseason is if you're going to move Brown and say, we've got to try something different. Mm. But outside, outside of that, I just don't think you need to complicate it that much. I, I honestly think that you could, especially because I think Rob is legitimately the third star in the waiting, who mm. plays a completely different style and can complement those two. You bring in a Bradley Beal and lose a Rob, those three are just going to have more complications that Brown and Tatum are just figuring out how to work through now. You think bringing in Bradley Beal is 
not going to bring all those headaches back to the table. It, it definitely will. The ball isn't going to move. You just trade it for somebody like Derek White so that that ball movement keeps going, but you didn't get a drop off in defense and necessarily offensive production by moving Richardson, right? Schroeder was gone anyway. Both of those guys were gone after this year anyhow. So now you have this longer-term piece on a value contract. It could be that glue, as you said, insurance if it doesn't work out with Marcus Smart. The question all year is, is Marcus the guy? Can he be the guy? He is the guy. Now it's, can he sustain being that guy? Question all the year, can Brown and Tatum play together? And if they do, can they actually move the ball? Can they pass? Smart calls them out. Is Smart really the leader for this team? Oh, now they're doing it. And Smart's doing what he's supposed to do. Holy crap, now it's all coming together again. I think I'm feeling better about this. Okay, so let's go get Bradley Beal and fuck it all up. <laughs> I, well, before you went, you went there, because you were, you were going great. And then, and then it kind of, I, I heard the tires go like that. But that's, and then it, just, but, it, went, it was fair. See, that's what I'm concerned about, though, seriously, because, because Rob, no matter all of that drama we just said, Rob just fits. He just slides right in, moves yeah. the ball, does the blocks. He's learning how to block to a teammate for an actual, you know, like, ter- um, you know, transition attack, all of that stuff. It, it, like, it's coming together, but he doesn't get in the way. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm not saying Bradley Beal gets in the way, but somebody gets in the well, way. Stopping, stopping short 80% of what you just said. Okay, your rant. Um, stopping short of that. Let. Let's just talk about the expectations, though, right? The expectations going into the year and what we're what we want, what we wanted to accomplish by year's end, right? And and I think you're absolutely right. It was about Tatum and Brown's growth and about smart growing into the role. That's exactly what we talked about. We just thought they'd play better getting there. Right, right. We thought they would be able to kind of pick it up and boom. We didn't realize Jason Tatum was going to be a 31% three-point shooter. We didn't realize that Jalen Brown was going to get COVID. We didn't realize that Marcus Smart was going to be, I mean, all that. But like, okay, fast forward to now on, you know, February 10th, 11th, whatever it is, 2022. If they can sustain this and you plug in pieces like Derek White, which theoretically, theoretically should be a perfect fit and continuing to build off the good traits that you need in Smart but also add a little bit of shooting. You are taking away some veteran leadership, but but plugging him into that place. I mean, to me, okay, there's 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 still a hole there because we we've taken out two rotation pieces. We plugged in one, and 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 we have Tice now, who you know maybe fits in, maybe doesn't. I think the next piece, okay, after we talk about those, and those are far and away the most important thing for the franchise, right? Eight, one, two, three, Smart Tatum Brown, if they take off, Rob Williams, Ascension, number four, right? We have four good pieces. Derek White very well could step into that fifth role, right? I'm not, I'm not really talking about like, oh, he's I still like player, the swing wing but, thing that you're talking about. It's just, so what, right. what do you do without giving up too much and leverage Horford's contract and get the swing wing? Because that gives you six deep. That's what you're really getting at. You know, every team who's ever won a championship has a very solid starting five. And, you know, you could say, oh, yeah, Grant Williams or Tice. But the truth Mm -hmm. is, is that six man needs to be a Derek White. 
needs mm-hmm. to be somebody who can score and direct the offense so everything remains fluid. That that's the key on that six man. So could be the swing wing. Derek White could still be in the starting lineup sure. if that's what fits. Could be the swing wing, but one of those two. I like saying swing wing. It's I my know. Favorite Keep going. Swing. Keep going. I like it. Keep going. So 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 we have the swing wing. <laughs> swing. Swing. <laughs> we have the swing wing, and then we have Derek. White. Yeah, what right. Sorry. <laughs> All right, hold on. We're gonna come back butt. to that. We're going. The big game is finally here. That's right. It's this Sunday. And as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season, Bet Online has got you covered, baby, from odds, scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football, Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. It hasn't changed, folks. It's the same one since the dawn of time. CLNS50, and it'll get you started. Fastest way and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games, bet online where the game starts. Swing! Swing! So so what I was going to say, though, to go to that next piece. Who is it? You well, okay, but you have before you even get to the summer, though, you've now opened space. And this is now I'm going to play the hits. This is my hit. I've been doing it since 2005 on this show. What do I say? Play the kids. Play the kids. That's what we're going to do. We open up space. We play the kids. Peyton Pritchard, come on down. Aaron Neesmith, you come on down, brother. Let's go. We've opened up space. There's time. There's room. Ime, if you just, just, brother, come on. It's time. It is time, though. That's, yeah. we, need, we need players that can be traded. We gave away Romeo Langford. And a year from now, Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Smith are going to be the same spot contractually. Unless Romeo they Langford play. Is. Unless they play. Well, well no. Be the oh, way contractually. Oh, contractually the same. Value piece will be the same unless they play. Well, but but no, because they have to start to get paid. And that's part of the reason why the Romeo Langford trade wasn't as big of a deal in my mind. I wanted them to develop him, wanted to hold on to him, I wanted him to be great. But but the problem is he he's under he's he's extension eligible. You know, a year from then he's gonna be in a spot where he's you know restricted free agency and blah blah blah. And you know, he's not a great player, so you don't have to worry about that stuff, but you gotta know what you if have. If you had to guys. choose, would you have sent Neesmith instead of Langford? Like, no. take the con, take the contract part out of it. Just, just well, player. I, I, I think Neesmith has the higher end at this point. Yeah, me too. That's I'm where just, I was at. I'm just too far down on Langford's ability to score the ball. I just don't think it's gonna happen for him at this point. It, it, he's tried. I just don't. I think it still could. I, I think. He's probably going to the right place, but 
and he's done some interesting things in the playoffs. So when we hit playoffs, you might be like, oh man, I wish we had Langford instead of Neesmith. That's a possibility. But I do think that Neesmith has higher upside. I do think his three point shooting, like it's not horrible this year, but it's not what it was touted to be yet. Right. Brad, but I think, I don't think there's any shooter that can go without regular time and shoot well. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're, you know, Duncan Robinson, uh, you maybe know, JJ Redick, but maybe, but you know, he's, you know, that, that's the thing. Like you need constant reps. You need flow. Yeah. You need to have all of that. You, coming in cold is like the hardest thing you can do in the NBA. And so to say, well, why isn't Aaron Smith shooting 40% from three? The guy's got the most inconsistent minutes of anybody on the Celtics roster. You know, he'll go from 15, 20 minutes one night to you won't see him for two weeks. This, that's no way to develop a, team, a player. It's just, it's not. So you need to use this time. I don't care if it means, so let's count the guys in the rotation right now. We got Rob, Horford, Tatum, Brown, Smart. We got Derek White. We got Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Okay. So, so we're seven we, deep now. We're seven. So now, who are I'm we forgetting? Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, and and Daniel Tice. There's your ten. Yeah, they did pare down the roster, but now they're talking about buyout candidates already. Right. Right. So we're gonna have some buyout guys. They're gonna be looking at. They're gonna have some opportunities, but they're bench that could players. totally take those minutes away from Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard. That's the issue. That's the issue. That's right. the issue. I like, like, listen, as soon as they, the, the other thing that they did, it wasn't just Marcus came around and everybody got healthy and the glue started to happen. And Jalen and Jason were figuring out how to move the ball. And it, it wasn't just all of that. They finally tightened up the rotation a little bit. They kind of said, Schroeder, you know, you're not really in the equation. I know he got some minutes, you know, the last few games, but they were sort of figuring that out. And Richardson, holy moly, you're in. And then, hey, Peyton and Neesmith and Langford, you're not going to get a lot of minutes now mm-hmm. unless it's a blowout. Fortunately, they hit a bunch of blowouts, so those guys did get some minutes through some of those blowouts. They also mm-hmm. played piss poor in one of those games in the blowout and almost gave it away. But at the same time, I just think that they, the tightening of the rotation was critical in and amongst all of this. Like one of the reasons that the rotation didn't tighten sooner was like you said, all the injuries and everything that was going on, the disjointedness of the lineups and the rotations, they couldn't get it settled in. And then once, once the health came around and everything else, and then they started to work towards it. I think they started to figure out this is the tight rotation, but it also made it easier to make these kinds of moves. Josh Richardson was absolutely in that rotation, but the Derek white move makes Lots of sense for multiple reasons, but they they took they took between Schroeder and 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 Josh Richardson they took out two guys they added one in and Derek White and he's not going to fill that void completely in his minute no because so, you're talking thirty to forty two minutes a game between those two players outgoing right so there's there's and some sometimes more than that mm-hmm. so, and then you and then you figure. Neesmith and Peyton, even in games where they were outside of the rotation, were right. still playing like four or five minutes. So there's a good chance there's about 10 minutes a game for both of those players in a nine-man rotation, depending on how the matchups dictate how much time Tice winds up getting. So going back to what you were saying, which your your question, 
the swing wing. How do you get to the swing wing? The swing wing comes about Grant, because, Grant Williams. Well, maybe. Oh, you you mean you? I see what you're saying. Yeah. You need the value from those 2020 draft picks to finally ring in. Yeah, you know, you need those guys or 2019 in Grant's case. Um, you need those guys to finally hit home, right? And now there's going to be an opportunity, hopefully, for those for Lee Smith and really all three of those guys, yeah, to play. And so that's the other part of what I like about what Brad did. They got under the tax. They brought in a long-term deal. Yeah, they're they have that they have that draft those draft picks they sent out or a swap and then one pick. I didn't like having to give Romeo, but you know, okay, we're gonna get nothing for him anyway. Right now, you've opened up time, so let's use the opportunity here. Let's 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 take advantage of this opportunity, boys. <laughs> talking to Peyton Pritchard, talking to Aaron Smith right now. This is your time. This is your time to do that. And if they do, then let's let's say they do well. Let's say Smith ends the year like he did last year. Let's say Pritchard ends the year like he started last year like. Now we're in a situation where maybe those pieces are a little bit more interesting for that swing wing guy that you're looking for. And so then it's two picks, those two young players, some contracts, and then you can get something. You know what I'm saying? That's That's kind of the thing that I see is they need those young players to be interesting. Not great, but even interesting for somebody to say, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a couple late first rounds, mid first rounders, some salary matching that actually isn't going to cost me as much with Horford and, and two picks and, and, and those two guys that might be interesting. Does it get you Bradley Beal? Maybe, maybe not, but it might get you somebody who's, you know, tertiary, you know, you know, that Jeremy Grant level. That's, mm. that's what I'm thinking. You start plugging in a guy at that level, a Derek White here. Somebody who knows he's going to be secondary to Brown and Tatum and doesn't have a problem playing the defense and has been in that role. And I like the Jeremy Grant version of your story because he had a down year this year. So Mm -hmm. after kind of being like, oh, I'm going to be the man, he got a little humbled. It might fit in perfect in a winning situation to like justify that level, but then get that high impact because he knows he can be a go-to guy when he's on, but take a little bit of that pressure off, take a little bit of that responsibility off. And all of a sudden he looks like a different player in Boston. Potentially. I like that one. Um, So I want to, this is the last thing I want to end on. I want to talk about Grant Williams and like Mm -hmm. they went and got Tice. So do you look at it? Like Rob and Tice are the centers and Grant and, Horford are the power forwards. And then at this point, Tatum's playing the three so that that works. And Brown's playing the two. And Neesmith is kind of piggy, you know, kind of backing up those two. And then at the same time, White is kind of backing up Smart and Brown also. Because here's the here's the disjointedness for me. This is where it gets a little weird in the rotation. I feel like it helps that Bre- that that White comes off the bench, but you're going to have a lot of White and Peter- Peyton Pritchard time mm-hmm. with Brown at the three and then maybe Grant at the four when Tatum's resting. But the truth is, if you don't go like that kind of a route with it, 
because you can't have Neesmith out with all those bench guys. It's too much of a wholesale swap out, right? And you're kind of like figuring it out. So it's almost like Grant has to back up Tatum in, in, in most of those minutes, really. It's, it's a hard fit. Because otherwise, you're looking at something that looks a lot like Smart, Brown, Tatum, Grant, Horford, Rob. And Grant Horford Rob seems just a little too big. <laughs> I think what you do, the six-man role kind of thing kind of rings true to me, right? So if Horford – I mean, the way they've been doing it is they, they have been sitting Tatum early, right? Keeping the rest of the group together – and having, I think Richardson come in. I think that's what they were doing, or, or Schroeder. I can't remember exactly how they were. It's going to be a, it's going to be a Neesmith or a White. Conference. I think it's White. I mean, I think yeah. White is. I think he. You don't spend that much on a guy unless you think that they are near starter caliber. So you, yeah, starter, no, I agree with that. So, but you, know? you say, but you're leaving all the other starters out there already. So you're saying right. you bring him in for Tatum and then start the slow switch around and figure out what the road. So where does Grant fit into this? Cause I've been extremely pleased with his performance. Does he still slot in the next the same guy? Place he's been? Yeah. Cause the next guy out is Horford because Horford then comes back and he's the five with the next group, or then you would go to back to a three man big rotation. And I could see the Celtics so doing Tice that. Tice might sit on the outside of all that. I yeah, you might go from an eight-man rotation to a nine very quickly because you try to rotate, you try to cut down Horford's minutes to under twenty. So if you keep him under twenty, you get you get you know Tice at twenty-five, let's say they get forty-five minutes or or you know twenty twenty. Oh, you're, 20. So you're giving Tice big minutes. Why are you cutting Horford down so much? Because he's Just thirty-five years fresh? old. Yeah, trying to keep him fresh for the post. I think he looks so much better when he has limited minutes. I mean, I think, you know, in the playoffs, you you, you maybe bump him up a little bit. Um, I think Tice, you know, Rob is around thirty. I mean, I'm just just look at the four positions. You know, you got if Tice is at twenty, Rob's at twenty, or Rob's at thirty. That's fifty minutes. Then you got Horford at twenty minutes. That's seventy minutes. You still haven't still, even gone to Williams. Twenty-eight minutes to go. Okay. So you you know you know if you get Grant in there for for another fifteen, maybe you can leave. Maybe that's the other part of this. You know, maybe there's maybe that's what part of this is about is to try to get you know more minutes for Tatum and Brown at two and three to go back to what you were talking about at the yeah. start of the year. I, I don't I don't think so. That I don't four think five. I don't that, think it works. The, yeah, I mean, I think it works. Yeah. I think our I think our lineups work best with Rob and Grant, or Horford and Grant, or or you know Tatum at the four all the time. I think those are the best lineups. I don't think the yeah. Tatum, I don't think the Horford Rob lineups work. I don't think the the Tice, you know, Rob minutes will work either. I think that will be a disaster. No, because you've got to have a shooter at the four out there with yeah. Rob. And, and that, that's that's that real. No, that and you're right. That's why Grant and Horford work. Tice doesn't, but so does Tatum. So Rob basically works with everybody but Tice. Yeah, I think that's right. Although I will say, I mean, to, to Horford and Tice worked before, right? Right. 
Right. Horford and Tice, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great communicators, a- great position sure. defense. I could but, see those minutes with the bench unit. But to your point, I mean, in terms of what – I mean, this is the worst shooting year um, Tice has had. Oh, I guess he was worse last year in Chicago. His, the little bit he was in Chicago, he was worse. But, but this is the worst shooting season he's had. So, um, you know, part of that's playing where he's been playing in Houston. I mean, there's not a lot of openings there, but, um, you know, gotcha. I'm also glad to see Ennis Cantor gone to be, or Ennis Freedom, whatever. I'm glad. That, I mean, I like this, the size he could throw against the guy, but it that's almost a felt, defense. I, that, it just yeah, didn't, he didn't fit what they were doing. No, yeah. no, not at all. So I'm glad they got rid of that. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to, they'll go out, they'll add a couple guys from Maine. And uh, I think they'll probably, you know, try to get somebody on the on the, the scrap heap there. Who knows? Maybe maybe Joe Johnson comes back. Maybe that's maybe that's one of the moves. They they have so many roster spots. They legitimately have to sign a whole bunch of guys tomorrow. So some of this will be completely outdated. But we get. To I think point. the I think the the vets like the Joe Johnsons makes a, a ton of sense because they don't expect minutes. They don't have to play minutes. They bring valuable locker room presence that's and. It. If you really did need something in the postseason, you could probably get it out of them for one game or one quarter. Right, right. And 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 that's that's beautiful for what they're trying to do with a tighter rotation. And you can rely on those guys in those spot minutes not to make a lot of mistakes. I don't doesn't make any more it doesn't make any sense to add those main guys or any young guys that need minutes, you know, because right. it's just no point in that at all. I, I love the go get you some oldies bring him back onto the team. Um, and the oldies. Yeah, bring, bring back the oldies. <laughs> There's definitely like a CD, like something with the oldies hitting. Hit, uh, remember, remember, uh, remember Freedom Rock? I do remember Freedom Rock. The commercial with the hippies yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's right. That's, there, for people of a certain age, I guess that'd be your age of mine. There's a, there was an ad. Kids, just go on YouTube, type in Freedom Rock. That commercial was on like all the time. Unbelievable. I yeah, it, makes me, it makes me think of Vern, you know, Ernest. Oh, he was on. Yes. Yeah. Same era. Because same he era. was everywhere. Yeah. Jim I Barney. could almost recite the whole commercial. It was on so often. It's oh, like cursed. probably been 35 years. It's been 35 years. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, we're, we're, we're going off the rails. But I, you well, know, we're, we're, we're at the end anyway. But we yeah. are. But, Let's but, tidy this up. Speaking of tidying up, so where are we now? We are uh, seventh seed right now, right? We are um, standing with, you know, a half game, uh, half game out of Toronto at the six, um, a full game ahead of Brooklyn, you know, three games ahead of Knights with Charlotte, you know, four games ahead of the Hawks, but they're playing well. We're playing well. Um, Toronto is really playing well. Obviously, we had the whole Philly and Brooklyn trade, which is going to probably change a lot. What do you think? How do you think this is going to play out as we kind of turn around the bend here with like 30 games to go or 20? Hold on. Let's see. Let's see if I can figure it out. A little more than, I guess, a little more than 25 games to go. As far as roster standings, I no, mean, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like final seeding. Like, can yeah, we that's get what I, that's six? what I meant. No, oh, I didn't okay. mean roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can we get the top six? 
Well, we're what seventh right now. We're seventh seventh right now, and we're what two two losses behind the next one. Is that what it was? Two losses behind the Raptors, three behind the Sixers, and fifth. Yeah, so I mean, Harden brings a lot to the table, and he shoots from outside. Mm -hmm. I feel like Philly didn't have Ben, so any disjointedness from bringing in Harden. Mm -hmm doesn't hurt them and it's still you know like they'll they're they're probably going to get better i think catching philly is going to be tough Mm -hmm. um i think we could totally take toronto Mm -hmm. as long as long as Derek white like that rotation fits and they keep up this defensive effort Mm -hmm. uh and the and the ball movement which you know really looks like that should happen and he's a popovich usa basketball kind of guy so he should fit in quickly so I'm not sure that they necessarily maintain a winning streak for another six games, seven games, but I think they could play. I bet they, I bet they could win two thirds of their games the rest of the way with a tighter rotation and uh continued ball movement and, and commitment to defense. I'm still a little worried about that rotation with grant. I just still not totally sure how that all comes together, but so I definitely think they can overtake Toronto. I don't, I, to me, Brooklyn's the biggest mess. You're trying to integrate a guy who hasn't been with you all year and Ben Simmons who doesn't shoot outside with tar- part-time performances from Kyrie Irving. And and where's Durant's health at? Like, what are we looking at? Six Timeline? Weeks. Four to six How, weeks. Four to six more? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe maybe it's four more. Four for now, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, end, end of end of you know middle of the end of March. I think they keep sliding in the wind. I mean, in the standings, big time. Yeah. So I think I think we could I think we could get up to the fifth seed. I don't think we'll be top four, mm-hmm. but I think I think we'll get to the fifth seed. I think we can overtake Toronto, and I think I think the Nets are in for a bumpy ride. And and their hope was this wasn't working out with Harden anyway. When we get to the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have Durant and Kyrie and Ben Simmons likes to move the ball and isn't a shooter. So we can use him as kind of this point forward, get Kyrie off the ball a little bit more, have him cutting and then have Durant continue to to space everything, knowing that Kyrie still could. I think that'll I think I actually think Brooklyn will be super dangerous in the postseason. They're going to be the the lower half that you didn't want to play. That the one like I think they'll kind of pull it together, but I think they're I think they're up for a really bumpy road to finish out the year. So yeah, I'll say we'll get up to the fifth seed. I I, I agree. I think we can get in the top six. Which if you if you had you know if we had amnesia for the first you know half of the season and you started right now, you'd be like oh, okay, yeah, there's a whole bunch of injuries and we're pretty close to there. That'd be that's pretty great. That would just be you know ignoring what we saw the first. From this season, which yeah. is ab- just absolutely abhorrent basketball. But you know, if if you can ignore that and look at where we are now, it's great. Um, you know, the the challenges we haven't had a lot of games against the metal, the iron of the league um, through this run. But here's the thing: the Celtics throughout this season, and and even last year, they had the ability to play with the Milwaukee's, the Miami's, you know, the Phoenix's, the Golden States. That was never the issue. It was never the issue of having them bring their best against the best. 
The issue was always the consistency, right? That was always the problem. So if you can get to a point now where you're able to do the consistency thing against the bad teams and you play up, you play to the level of maybe what your level should be, it shouldn't be an issue. Maybe you fall short because you don't have enough talent. Maybe, Schedule's more know, favorable too, though. Absolutely. I mean, the but schedule it, was brutal and it was, and everything else was hitting them at the same time. So that's a factor in their ability mm-hmm. to play at their level and not down a level in those games. And they're trying to hit their stride down the stretch and they have a lot to prove. So, you know, this could be one of those surging team, you know, kind of mentalities just because they're making up for lost time, so to speak. Now the Celtics have, because of this recent run, their schedule has balanced a little bit. They now have like kind of middle of the pack remaining schedule um, the average, actually the average strength of the, all the opponents remaining is 500. So if they play at this level and they, and they play against 500 level opponents, they should do well. Right. So that's, yeah. that's a, that's a good thing. I, I guess, you know, I look at them and I, how say, many games remaining? I know I got to wrap this in a second. I was trying but... to do the math. 26 games, according to Tankathon. Okay. So, 26 games left. Yep. And what's their, uh, I got to pull up their record. It's 25 losses, like 31 wins. Yeah. Yeah. 31. Is that what yep. it was? 31 and 25. Yep. You I got just it. Didn't have it in front of me. All right. Yep. So 31 and 25 with 26 games to go. Yeah. I think they could go 18 and eight. Yeah. So 31 and 18 is 49. I mean, what did we say? I bet we said 48 I, I, to 50 I, wins at did. the beginning of the year. I did. I think I said 49 wins. We were, so. Yeah, we were like right at, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, 18 and eight is 10 games above, right. but if you're playing 500 teams, you know, that's, and that's basically two thirds of your games, which is what I said before. You mm-hmm. win two out of every three. And, and I'll tell you what, like, are you scared of Miami? I'm not. No. Milwaukee. No, we, we should be though. We Giannis should be. figured out some things. The Bulls. They've never done it together like this. Cleveland's never been there. Cleveland you know, is such a weird riser. Toronto. Like, I just feel like I think the Celtics are a team. If they can keep playing this way and plug in white, like you had said, I mean, they could really be a team that is maybe bottom half or doesn't even have first round, you know, home court just because of, you know, they're they're digging themselves out of such a hole. But I could easily see them being a team that that upsets that first round series, and if then they, they become 50, that team no one wants. If you get fifty wins in a season, regardless of how you got there, mm-hmm. you're a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. And so you take a fifty win team that's surging, that had a lot go wrong at the beginning of the year. Don't get me wrong; lots of teams yeah. dealt with COVID and injuries yeah. and everything else. So, but more so coming. than most. But more, but, so more so, but more so than most, and yeah. at, a, at, at a time where the schedule was not favorable to be living through that, yeah. you know, so like there was a culmination of factors and still a disjointed rotation, a better one, but it's mm-hmm. still a disjointed one. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, yeah, if Derek White smooths out that rotation, 50 wins is possible. If you're a 50 win surging team heading into the postseason with all the bizarreness that this is, it's almost like the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you could definitely make some noise. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Yeah. I think they can make some noise, and I think they can. I think they can do more than just have a nice play, you know, first round series. I think they can actually win a first round series. Oh yeah. Can they get? Can they get much deeper? Time will tell. Time will tell. I mean, that's that's more about Tatum and Brown going from being rudimentary playmakers, or at least Tatum being, you know, kind of going from rudimentary playmaker to a decent playmaker to somebody who can really know when to pull the levers and when to pull. You know what he really is? It has everything to do with the defense and the performance of this team ahead of the pack defensively going into the postseason. True. If they're playing that level of defense, I, I hear you on the offense and it's critical because they haven't been able to figure out how to get their guys, the shots to take over games. They don't have a go-to takeover guy in the postseason without the ball movement. Really? I mean, Tatum is that guy, but the teams, Mm -hmm. other teams have figured out how to game against that. It's just too much. It's too much, Mm -hmm. but defensively, if you can save a couple of games where that's not working Mm -hmm. and then string some games together where that ball movement is working. And you're, if you can play at that level of defense that we've seen, Mm -hmm. You got a really good shot at making some noise in the postseason because that's the way it is every single year. The team that plays the best defense in the postseason usually ha- is is right there in the end. So that's yeah. going to do it for this week's show. All right, all right. I'll let you. I'll let you have one last word. But I always want to have one last word, and then we never end. Okay. But the last word, the last word I have is the Celtics are five game back, five games back of first place in the East with twenty six games to go. to go. There's plenty enough time to even go all the way to the top. Crazy as that is to say, it's possible. And that's going to do it for this week's <laughs> show. As a reminder, you can support Celtic Stuff Live by following us on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. I'm at CSL underscore Justin and not very active lately, but I will get my head out of my butt. Thank Please. you to uh, Bill, a longtime listener and fan, for emailing me. And asking me, hey, where's the show where you're all down because everything's horrible? <laughs> oh, wait, where's the show that everything is awesome and the future's bright? Oh, where's the show with the trade <laughs> deadline? Well, here we are. We packed it all into one. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Hopefully you find this long before the All-Star weekend or you didn't give up on us already. Hopefully we'll be uh, a little bit back. Had some things going on. Needed to uh, focus my attention for the last six weeks since the holidays on some things. It's not John's fault is what I'm trying to say. And hopefully you'll hear from us more as we get closer and closer to the postseason as we watch the Celtics play these last 26 games. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And a big special thanks to uh, Nick Gelso, the founder. And on behalf of my co-host, John Duke, I'm out of practice. Justin Poole, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Celtics Stuff Live.